Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell. From NFL Films University, we are presented by DraftKings, of course. I will be announcing new winners tomorrow. I love the Spread the Word winner. All you have to do is like any of the at Ross Tucker pod posts on Instagram. I mean, what can be easier? And then you get a signed picture or card or one of these awesome press passes from me. Sponsor confirmation email winner. I mean, the Game Time app, Uncommon Goods is so cool. The You can just send me a picture of you buying or drinking Labatt Blue. I mean, this is ridiculous. Symbol, awesome. Love Symbol, by the way. I wish I had invented that company. YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. More and more people are watching the show on YouTube so they can see my facial reactions or the great Greg Cosell's reactions. As we talk, you can also always just see the highlight clips at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker pod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. We post the highlight shows, uh, the highlight clips from these shows as well. Our patron of the day, Todd Michaelis. I think I'm saying that right, Todd. Congratulations. Patreon.com slash RT media still racking up the patrons who want to be a part of this growing, thriving community at Tuckheads that are private Slack channel for the Tuckheads, which is amazing. Speaking of amazing, I'll just say this right now. Can't wait for Monday. Can't wait for Halloween because I may have some daddy sodas with me from Labatt Blue Light as my daughter's trick-or-treat. Football season means it's Labatt Blue Light season. And there's no better way to watch your team on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in hand. Stock up and be the MVP of your tailgate and share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York, Big Show time. The Big Show. Greg, last week there weren't that many things to ask you about. This <laughs> week there's a zillion to ask you about. 
I, I like to go in chronological order with the game. So let's start with tonight. Ravens, Bucks, blank canvas, Greg, go. I would say two things are fascinating to me. One involves the Ravens offense, and I'd be really curious as to your opinion on this, Ross. The Ravens are really an aberration in the NFL. They play out of 11 personnel on less than 10% of their offensive snaps. They play Patrick Ricard 70% of their offensive snaps, and last week he played almost 90% of their offensive snaps. Think about that. So they play with a player in Ricard who was an eligible receiver, okay? Every down you have five eligible receivers. So they have chosen. This just fascinates me. I'm not taking a side. I find it fascinating from a tactical and conceptual perspective. They choose to play with a player on offense who is an eligible receiver and not treat him that way at all. So essentially they play every play with four eligible receivers when you're allowed to have five. And I'm just fascinated by that. Um, Obviously the Lamar Jackson factor with him as a runner and the, and the best running quarterback in the league by design, I think probably is, is what allows them to do that. But I just find that totally fascinating in today's NFL. Yep. uh, Agreed. I love it as a former offensive lineman. And because so many teams are so heavy 11 personnel, they don't see 21 very much. And 21, for those of you who aren't familiar, the first number is always the number of backs. Right. The second number is always the number of tight ends. And the they rest play 22 a lot also. 22, not just I 21. know. But what's amazing about it is these defenses aren't used to it. And a lot of times they don't know how to fit in against that surface. They don't know how to fit in against the extra gap that's created by the fullback. So – um, I love it. Meanwhile, on the other side, Greg, what the Bucks scored three points against yeah, the Panthers. I, you know, obviously everybody wants to focus on Brady in the passing game, but their run game has really been a huge problem. They run the ball on first down over 55% of their first downs. Okay. They run the ball. They are really poor doing that. So think about that. If you're going to run the ball on more than half of your first downs and essentially end up in second and nine as pretty much what they do, it's just hard to play offense that way. Um, So, you know, one other thing that's been talked about a lot that I think is fair based on tape is the fact that without a, a real tight end factor in their offense, I think that negatively impacts Brady. He's had that for most of his career, certainly the last 10, 11, 12 years. And I think that that's a factor in in the struggles that they have in the past game. But this is an offense with almost no stabilizing factor right now and uh, nothing really to hang their hat on. Um, And it's very hard to drop back so many times uh, with a pocket quarterback as great as Brady is, obviously, and, uh, and an offensive line that is up and down depending on the week. It's just hard to play that way. Sounds to me like they need to throw on first down more is what I'm And maybe hearing. they will, you know, but then you have to decide how you want to do that. It's not just, hey, let's throw it more. What kind of routes? What kind of throws? Uh, because you, you need some way to sustain offense. Everything can't be a big play. Bears, Cowboys, interesting yeah. game. Greg, the Bears finally did what I think a lot of us were hoping they would do. They had some design runs for Justin Fields. I tweeted Monday night at Ross Tucker NFL. 
I think they should essentially run the Ravens offense. I, I think yeah. Justin Fields would be best right now, at least in a Raven style offense. And then as he gets better and better in the passing, and by the way, as they get better receivers for him, then you have less running, more passing. But they finally use his legs more, Greg. He's fast. Yeah, 10 design runs. He's basically 6'3", 225, 230, so he's a big man. But you raise a really interesting question, something that I've thought about quite a bit for years because I've been fortunate to, to be taught the quarterback position by a lot of really smart people. So the question is, how do you teach him the nuances and details and the subtleties of the position that he will eventually need? if you're really not doing that that much in games. So it's it's a fine balance. You're obviously trying to win every week. That's the goal. And what helps them win every week, as was the case Monday night when they clearly out-physical the Patriots, is to use fields as a runner, design runs. As I said, 10 design runs. Now you're getting up in Lamar Jackson territory. Um, as a pocket quarterback, he's still a significant work in progress. Um, he needs to better maintain high eye level. He needs to stay much more poised and calm in the pocket when there is no pressure. He tends to perceive pressure because he knows he can run. Um, he needs to develop a better understanding of his route concepts versus specific coverages. Um, but you know what you see, Ross? And this is why I'm so intrigued by Fields and why I, I kind of make it a point to watch him every week, is you see two or three throws every game where there's really good timing where he clearly understands the route concept versus the coverage, where to go with the ball. And when I see that, I say, boy, there's there's something there. Is there more to come? But like I said, there's that balance. If you're not going to allow him to do that very often, how will he get, realistically get better at it? It's really, really good point and good question. Um yeah, I don't know either. And I don't know I, the I answer think... to that. Believe me, I'm not I'm not taking a side. I'm just presenting the question. I'm not a coach. I'm not with him every day. So I don't know the answer to that. What about the Raiders against the Saints? Josh Jacobs looks like a man possessed <laughs> this year, Greg. Well, Ross, you, you'll appreciate this being an offensive lineman uh, at heart. Is Most NFL teams, when they're struggling offensively, what do they do? they stabilize their offense by running the ball. Very few teams stabilize their offense by saying, let's throw it 50 times, correct? You stabilize your offense by running the ball. You get your offensive linemen excited. They fire off the ball. They hit people. You run the ball. So that's what Josh McDaniels has done in Las Vegas. Jacobs, the last three games, has 28, 21, and 20 carries and over 140 yards in each of those games. And the other thing that they've done in those three games – is they've significantly increased the snap counts for the fullback, Jakob Johnson, who he brought from New England. So Johnson's snap counts have increased, so they're playing a lot out of 21 personnel. As you said, that means two backs, one tight end, and they're running the football. And it's really kind of stabilized their offense. They're running it really well. And the other thing that does is it helps your defense because they end up playing fewer snaps because running the ball, if you can do it well, it shortens the game because it eats clock and your defense ends up playing fewer plays. So there's a domino effect when you can run the ball really well. And that's what they've done. And I'm not saying what's going to happen in the future. None of us know that, but they've really stabilized their offense and it, it's kind of fun to watch. The Patriots are playing the jets, uh, man, we could talk about all three quarterbacks in this game. Right? <laughs> pick, pick one. 
Well, I think, you know, the Jets are obviously winning football games and their defense. I think we spoke about this a week or so ago. Their front six and their nickel is really is really a good group. It's really a strong group. I like watching them a lot. Good players, good schemes. Um, offensively, and now that Brees Hall is, is out, um, I know they, they uh, traded for James Robinson, uh, and they need to run the ball because right now Zach Wilson is still a really significant work in progress. He's frenetic. He's chaotic. He's reckless. He's undisciplined. He throws the ball too hard. There's no pace and touch. He has a ways to go. Now, he's got a live, loose arm. No question he can throw the ball. He's got light, athletic feet. No question he can move around and make plays. Can he do that any given week, any given play? Of course he can. But if you're talking about playing the position with consistency, which is what is demanded in this league, you can't live off an occasional wow play, then he has a long way to go. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. Well, you know what? In fairness, he's been injured and stuff, but yeah, he hasn't played enough. He's not a little further along. Yeah. The Steelers are playing the Eagles in the battle of Philadelphia and the Eagles <laughs> just added another piece. I mean, I'm going to talk about it later in the Tucks takes Greg. I find it fascinating that the Bears are paying 7.1 million of Quinn salary and the Eagles only have to pay 700 grand. But that's something that you don't talk about. That's the money part of it. What you talk about is the Eagles getting Robert Quinn and what that means. Well, let's start with a general principle of defense in today's NFL. What are the two positions in today's NFL on defense that you can never have enough of? Pass rushers, Pass rushers and, and cover guys. And cover guys. So the Eagles gave up a fourth-round pick, and knowing Howie Roseman, as we both do, they'll probably recoup that fourth-round pick anyway with a trade on, you know, multiple trades on draft day. So they basically just got Robert Quinn for nothing. Um, and now it'll be very interesting to me, I'm sure to you as well, as how they structure their defensive line in pass rush situations. Because, you know, you hear a lot of talk through the years. It, it really came to light back in the 2007 Super Bowl with the New York Giants when they moved Justin Tuck inside. You hear a lot of talk about NASCAR cheetah fronts when you get to passing situations where teams would take defensive ends and actually move them inside and, and essentially play with three or four defensive ends in pass rush situations. I don't know if the Eagles will do that, but they certainly have the ability to do that. I mean, you can get to a pass rush situation and have Sweat, um, Reddick, um, Graham, Quinn, and Cox, you know, all on the field. If you wanted to go with a five-man pass rush front, and they play a lot of 5-1 fronts. So I'm just going to be fascinated to see how all this shakes out. But as we said, you can never have enough pass rushers. If you watch Quinn, he was double teamed quite a bit this year in Chicago. He still can bend. He can still win on the high side. He's at his best as an edge player, but I think Sweat can move inside. We know Graham can move inside. So uh, I'm just fascinated by how this will play out from a pass rush perspective in terms of deployment of their, their talent. Greg, the Colts made a quarterback change. They yeah, play they the sure Commanders, did. benching Matt Ryan, going with Sam Ellinger, I guess I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts, if possible, on both things. Did you think Matt Ryan merited being benched this early? And um, what did you think of Ellinger coming out of college? Yeah, it's a hard question with Matt Ryan. There's there's no question that tape tells you that his arm is, is just not very good, and there's certain things he cannot do. He never had a gun. 
Um, so he didn't have he didn't have any arm strength to lose, and he's lost some. And it's been tough for Matt Ryan this year. Now he's played behind an offensive line that has really struggled. They've had to move people around, as you know. Um, they were playing much of the season with Matt Pryor at left tackle. We know from his Philly days that he's not a left tackle. And now they they're playing Dennis Kelly there, who's again probably best as a as a kind of rotational, uh, you know, offensive line. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's what he is, really. So so now their offense will look different. You know, if, if you're a fantasy guy, it's probably really time to, to put to put your money down on, on, on Jonathan Taylor. They'll start giving him the ball. But Ellinger, Ellinger came out of high school in Texas as your classic dual threat quarterback. He's physical. He's competitive as a runner. He can you'll have the designed quarterback run game with him. He can move around. Um, I, I think his college tape, and I haven't seen him since, so I don't know if he's improved, but his college tape told you that he was at a somewhat limited skill set as a passer, not a really strong arm. His ball placement in college was erratic, um, but it's funny. The more I watched him in college, the more I said to myself, God, there's something there with this kid, and I'm not sure what it is. But every once in a while, he flashed the ability to make NFL throws within structure. Um I think that gave him a chance to function within an NFL offense. Uh, I thought he was a developmental prospect whose throwing limitations may always be an issue. Like I said, I haven't seen him since college, but their offense will look totally different. You're going to get the design quarterback run games. You're going to get the zone read looks. You're going to get all those things that, that a quarterback who can run gives you in an offense. So it'll be totally different. And quite frankly, that will help the O-line. It'll help the O-line a lot. It'll help Jonathan Taylor a lot. Yeah, uh, I believe Frank Reich's basically coaching for his job now. I think they're going to run Ellinger a lot. Because so uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. Speaking of running, um, you know, it happened later in the day after we recorded last week, Greg. We always do, Greg, 7.15 Thursday morning, 7.15 Eastern. Christian McCaffrey got traded to the Niners. Yeah. And I've been waiting a full week now, Greg, to get your thoughts on it and how you think Kyle will use him. Well, ultimately, he's going to be their foundation back. I mean, last week he played 22 snaps and and had 10 touches. Um, That will obviously increase. He will become the feature back without question. The big question for me is the passing game element, because historically or, or, or in recent years, certainly with the Niners, running backs were not featured receivers in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, McCaffrey is a phenomenal receiver, both offset in the backfield and detached. Now, Kyle Juszczyk is out this week, so it would not surprise me. You know, it's easy to say, oh, there'll be an 11 personnel. It would not surprise me to see them line up in the pony package with Wilson and McCaffrey on the field, and McCaffrey is a detached receiver because you want to see how teams personnel-wise will match up to that. If they match up with their base because there's two backs on the field, then you have an opportunity to create some matchups, or at least you know what you're going to get before the snap of the ball. Um, But there's no question he will become the guy, whether it's this week, that's hard to say. you know, we're, we're early enough in the season that I don't want to say it's must win, but the Rams Niners this week, you know, it's a division game. Uh, the Niners are three and four. The Rams are three and three. It's a really important game for both teams. So I would expect McCaffrey to be out there for 50 plus snaps. And it would not surprise me if he gets 25 plus touches. Packers play the Bills Sunday night, Greg. What is going on with the Packers on offense? 
Uh, you know, it's never one thing. You know, I will say this. You played in this league. Do you think, by the way, just just question, again, the kind of things I think about without making a judgment one way or the other. Do you think that the Packers' young receivers are the only receivers on any team in the NFL as rookies that make mistakes? Definitely not. Of course not. So to me, that's a non that's a non-question. That's a non-issue. You know, every young player in the, in his first year in the NFL at some point is is going to have execution mistakes. That's normal in the NFL. That happens with every team everywhere. So to me, that is a non-issue. You've got to still play football and work through that. That is not something that should be discussed ever. Uh, it can be discussed within your building and when you're on the practice field and in your meeting rooms, but that's, that's not a discussion to me because that happens with every team everywhere. Uh, so their offense is really struggling now. Um, I think that everybody is not playing particularly well. Aaron Rodgers is not playing particularly well either. He's missing some throws with less than precise ball placement that we're not used to seeing. You know, normally we think of Rodgers, he doesn't miss anything and he's missed some. Now, maybe he's not comfortable with who he's throwing the ball to. Totally understandable. But these are the players that are out there, so you have to function with them. And maybe it takes a little time. Maybe in three weeks we'll be saying, man, that Packer offense is starting to hum. That could well happen. Um, I think their offensive line has had a lot of moving parts as well, as you know. And I think that that's always an issue when your offensive line has moving parts that, that take time to work together. So there's a lot going on there. It's never just one thing, Ross, as you know from being a player. When, it, when a unit's not executing well, it's never just one thing. Last thing, uh, Giants-Seahawks, I think, uh -huh. is the only matchup of two winning teams with winning records. Who would have thought it, Greg? Um, blank canvas, Giants-Seahawks. You know, Wink Martindale, to me, is one of the most fascinating defensive coordinators in the league, and he always has been. Um, but – the way he deploys personnel based on the opponent is fascinating to me. Two weeks ago against the Ravens, he basically decided that his approach would be what we call big nickel. That was basically his base defense, playing with three safeties and two corners. And they played Belton, the rookie from Iowa. Okay, And it was a fascinating way to go. And, and it was obviously effective against the Ravens. Um, and then this past week, he played dime – um, excuse me, he played what we call dollar personnel. He played with seven defensive backs this past week against the Jaguars on 21 snaps. No one does that in the NFL. Seven defensive backs on 21 snaps. And he played nickel. He played no snaps with six defensive backs. So just the way he goes from week to week based on the opponent, and I'm not smart enough to tell you what he's going to do against Seattle, Ross, believe me. But I just love the fact that when you pop on the tape of the Giants D, you have no idea what you're going to see. I would love to be in his mind. <laughs> yeah, you know what? So far, it's certainly working. Greg, I love that I get a chance to pick your mind every week on the show. Awesome stuff. Uh, Jack is going to hate me because I have like nine clips <laughs> for social media the next few days. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. And thank you to Symbol. You guys have heard me talk about him before, but our sponsor, Symbol, has their best offer yet for new users. They're offering a $500 risk-free deposit for new users who join the stock market for sports. When you sign up with code ROSS, 
your first deposit comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you were hesitant on joining or you simply haven't joined yet, now you can do it with a risk-free deposit. Symbol lets you trade and pro college teams like stocks, and you do earn cash dividend payouts when your team wins. I have some Eagle stock. I've gotten six cash dividend payouts. It's a peer-to-peer market that basically took the sports betting and stock market and combined them. It's amazing. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Use code ROSS to get your risk-free deposit up to 500 bucks. Whether you want to invest in an up-and-coming team like the Giants or, I don't know, a top dog right now like the Eagles, Symbol allows you to buy and sell team stocks and profit from your sports knowledge. Takes. Speaking of those Eagles, they trade a fourth-round pick to Chicago for defensive end Robert Quinn, who's going to eat $7.1 million of his salary. Also, Steelers designate defensive end T.J. Watt for return. So, um, yeah, uh, the T.J. Watt thing, I don't think he'll play this week because they have a bye after this. But obviously, the Steelers getting him back would be huge. But the biggest news is a pretty significant trade. I mean, Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last year. Now, this year, in fairness, he's gone off to a very slow start. Very slow start. I am surprised that the Bears valued a fourth-round pick high enough to eat $7.1 million of Quinn's salary. And I got all these, I guess they're Bears fans saying, well, but if they cut him, you know, it's only $10 million of cap space. If they trade him, it, it, what, what are you talking about? They weren't going to cut him. They just got a fourth-round pick for him. They weren't going to cut him. What we're talking about here is we're talking about the value of certain picks. Presumably, they could have gotten a fifth-round pick and maybe had to eat $5 million of his salary or a sixth-round pick and eaten $3 million of his salary. It's kind of a sliding scale. I just think that part of it's interesting. I think it's interesting that the Bears value a fourth-round pick at $7.1 million because there would have been someone that would have taken, up, uh, taken on a lot more of that salary just to get him for like a seventh-round pick, right? So there's a sliding scale there. For the Eagles, they want to make sure they have Super Bowl caliber depth, right? I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL what their second string D-line is. But if Sweat gets hurt or Reddick or Brandon Graham, they want to make sure that that next guy, that they got four guys because you need three. You have to have three. Now they have four they really like. Tuck's takes. All right, injury time. Dolphin safety Brandon Jones, torn ACL. He is done for the season. Knicks, the Knicks. How about Nick Gates from the Giants? I'm thinking New York there. He's activated from IR after seven surgeries. Well, uh, Brandon Jones, that's a bummer uh, for the Dolphins because he's a good player next to Javon Holland on the back end. As for Nick Gates, man, I am so happy. I didn't think we'd ever see him again based on the injury he had and all the reports of the injury. Imagine having an injury that's so bad you have to have seven surgeries and then you still come back from that to play football again. I don't know enough to really comment on that about 
you know, whether that's smart or not smart, it's Nick's life. I think he's a smart guy. I'm sure he's weighed the pros and cons, but wow. You talk about perseverance. A lot of people would say, yeah, I think I don't want to do anything out there again that could cause me to have seven more surgeries. No thanks. Ducks takes. Mac Jones and Andy Dalton both can start a quarterback this week for the Patriots and Saints. Russell Wilson declares himself, quote, ready to rock after doing high knees on the plane for four hours. <laughs> you know, Russell, I bet you Russell takes athletic greens. I take athletic greens because I don't eat nearly enough vegetables. And I'd rather put a scoop of the athletic greens in a cup of water as opposed to having to take a multivitamin. And I think, it, I think it's better for you too. 75 high quality vitamins to drink it rather than having a pill. Minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. There's a reason why most doctors recommend the multivitamin. Basically similar deal. Really good for gut health. Less than three bucks a day. And to make it easy on all of you. And I love when you send me your sponsor confirmations. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the Saints sort of gave up on – Jameis Winston pretty early, it feels like. I mean, they made the decision that Andy was better pretty early, which I think is interesting. Mac Jones, not much of a surprise there. I think it's interesting that the Patriots leaked that he got 90% of the reps and that he'll start. I'm not surprised by that. I am. I'm not surprised by that news. I'm surprised the Patriots leaked it. And then, yeah, Russell Wilson, I've always been a big fan He's done a lot of things recently, um, in addition to not playing well, that kind of make me scratch my head. Like saying that he's doing high knees on a plane for four hours and stretching while his teammates are sleeping, I guess I'm just not quite sure he realizes how that comes across, which is to say not good. Ducks takes. And finally, Thursday means Thursday night football. The game we got tonight, Ravens and Bucks, not quite as appetizing as it was when the schedule came out. Who do you got? You know, I'm not sure. I've kind of gone back and forth on this one. It's interesting. I always like to check the game time app just to see what the price of the game is. The Bucks are still all in, man. I mean, Bucks fans, I'm talking about. The $106. On the game time app, Thursday night, pretty good, I'd say. For $106 on a Thursday night when there's other things to do and people, kids have school the next day and stuff. So game time app, you can still get it for $106. That's where I now get all of my tickets for sports, concerts, shows. It's really fun just to see like what the shows are in your area, what the concerts are. Do what I did. Download the game time app. Create an account. Redeem code Ross for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's Ross for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download game time. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Just fun to look at. And then you say, oh, you know what? That's worth it. Then you can go to 
Senators Lightning Hockey on Tuesday for $16 in Tampa. Luke Bryan for $83. Iron Maiden, $93. Bry, I know that's you. That's amazing, actually. Um, as for the game, I'm going to go Ravens. I just, the Bucks got to snap out of this, dude. I, and I think they probably will, but I'm going to go Ravens until I see that the Bucks snap out of this. Give me Baltimore 24-17. I kind of like the Ravens to take care of business. Now, maybe the Bucks come out and this is the game they play great, but um, I just haven't seen it. And the Ravens are significantly better than the last two teams that the Bucks lost to. I feel like I'm almost giving the Bucks the benefit of the doubt by having them within a touchdown. Shout-outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com, and of course, MyFrontPageStory.com. If you play fantasy football and don't listen to Fantasy Feast, you're doing it wrong. If you bet on games, don't listen to Even Money Podcast, you're doing it wrong. If you like college football or bet on college football, don't listen to College Draft, you're also doing it wrong. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.